It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Monday episodes of Locked On Raptors, it is the seventh annual Locked On Raptors over unders and props spectacular with Sahal Abdi and Vivek Jacob as we dig into 18 over unders and props that will define the Toronto Raptors season, and one of us will come out on top. Let's get to it with part one on today's show. Thanks for hanging. Oh, like because when I shot, I expected to make it, so like I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the bridge of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday, October the 19th, and this is the first of two episodes you're getting today. It's the first week of the season. We got to live it up, go large for you. Uh, and I'm, of course, your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on the website, formerly known as Twitter, at WoodleySean. You can follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast for free on your favorite podcast apps. As always, we are on Discord. The link is in the description. You're going to want to be in there all season long as we got tons and tons of sickos just like you hanging out, talking ball, talking Raptors, talking all manner of stuff around the team that we so adore. We'd love to see you in the Discord. You're all the best. Uh, and thanks, as always, to our everydayers for, for tuning into the show as well. You can also find the show on Instagram at Locked on Raptors, if I haven't already said that. I've, I'm, I'm very excited. I've lost track of the intro here. It's a very exciting day. Uh, before we dive into the excitement, today's show is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code Locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Let's get to it. It is my favorite episodes of the year to record. It is the seventh annual Locked on Raptors over-unders and Prop Spectacular. Uh, how this works is I've come up with 18 different over-unders and props. We'll go through nine on the first show today, nine on the second show today, and we'll make our picks over-under and a couple of non-over-under picks as well for sort of more open-ended questions. And at the end of the season, whoever has gotten the most of these correct between the three of us on today's show will go home with just the ultimate bragging rights. There's no trophy. There's no money. It's just you get to lord it over us for an entire calendar year, as our first guest today has been doing so since the end of the season when he was declared the champion for the second time in six years. It is Sahal Abdi. Sahal, what's going on, buddy? Yeah, I feel good. Um, coming off of a pretty good offseason. Um, everyone loves the NBA. We all love it so much. We love the Toronto Raptors, of course, but um, the offseason was much needed. It was a lot of fun. We saw some players switch sides. Uh, we saw a lot of movement with the Raptors. Um, I'm glad to be back. And like you said, this is my favorite podcast of the year. So I'm excited. I'm excited to go back to back. Something Vivek has done um, twi <laughs> twice. To us. Did he win four in a row? I don't know. I don't. We're, we're not. We're not going to like stroke his ego too too much <laughs> yeah, here. We're not uh, doing it's that lovely too. to have you back, buddy. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, hang on to that victory from from last year for all it's worth. It's not lasting long. Big V, 
Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com is here as well. A four-time winner of this exercise. You will note if you're looking at the screen that I have yet to win this as the curator of this contest. I don't know if this speaks ill of me as a podcast host or if I am just a very gracious host who lets you guys win subconsciously. Either way, Big V, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. I am excited to get this started. You know, enjoyed, you know, the season before getting to that gentleman's sweep. Four, <laughs> one, zero. And I'm motivating myself this year by telling myself I'm actually one nothing down to start mm. the new series. Mm. Chip on your shoulder. I like it. All right. We've wasted enough time. Let's dive in to our over-unders and prop bets for today. Uh, the first part of the show, we've got some player-centric ones and then a little bit more team-focused on the second part that will run later in the day. Maybe you're listening to this after they're both published, and so the time that they're coming out doesn't matter. Either way, uh, let's get it rolling. The first over-under and prop that we have, Pascal Siakam, points plus rebounds plus assists per game. This is a classic prop that we throw out uh, because it's fun with the best player on the team. We, we try to see what the production is going to look like. The over-under, the line I've set for Pascal Siakam, points plus rebounds plus assists per game is 36.0. Last season, he put up 37.8. You'd figure maybe there's a bit of a drop-off if Scotty Barnes is leveling up in terms of uh, you know his role. Maybe Pascal is going to play fewer minutes than 1,000 minutes per night, uh, as was the kind of case under Nick Nurse. We'll begin with the defending champion, Sahal Abdi. What do you got here? Over or under 36.0 points plus rebounds plus assists for Pascal Siakam. Well, so as we all know, Sean makes these as hard as possible for us. But this one, to start off, I think is one of the easier ones with Pascal Siakam, for me at least. I'm going to take the over. And the reason why I'm taking the over on the Pascal Siakam total at uh, 36.0 that you set, um, I do see in brackets here you have it at 37.8 last year. I actually think it's Mm going to be higher than 37.8 last year. Um, I think Pascal's one of the guys uh, on this team as well as obviously OG Ananobi, and you're going to see later on um, that I'm pretty consistent with this theme. Guys that are entering contract years, I have Mm. full faith in them to go all out for the Toronto Raptors. Um, Again, may come at the expense of their overall record or maybe their their performance, the team performance from night to night. But um, I do think this is going to be the year where um, Pascal Siakam, I mean, he's already cemented himself to me, um, and I think to most NBA fans, um, as a top 20 player in the league um but i think this is going to be the time where um we there's going to be no more discussion there's going to be no Mm. more discussion because there's still fans out there who doubt pascal siakam there's gonna be no more discussion with pascal after this i think we're looking at something closer to like 38 what i think is gonna be 38 39 total um for pascal in his contract year interesting uh big v where are you going here over or under 36.0 Honestly, I had pretty much uh, the same thought process coming in. I think Pascal in a contract year is going to have a big year. Uh, I actually, uh, I had tweeted about this um, during the preseason game. And I feel Mm -hmm. like uh, in terms of the changes to the offense and all of that, I don't think it's going to impact uh, so much, you know, what his raw stats look like. Sure. Um, I I actually think um, he's going to get them because he's just going to be more efficient. And his highest true shooting percentage since becoming the guy is 56.5%. And Mm -hmm. I think there's a good chance uh, he gets closer to that 60 mark, if not actually hits it. And so that's what I'm like really excited to see with him. Hopefully, you know, the free throw shooting (laughs) is improved. 
<laughs> but uh, beyond that, I, I think he's in for a pretty efficient season uh, heading into free agency. So I'm starting to regret putting the line at 36 because I'm also taking the over here. But my logic here was, okay, you know, Pascal, the last, you know, especially last season, was just like this heliocentric force. Everything had to flow through Pascal Siakam. Basically, if there was a possession before the Yakup Hurdle trade, when the Fred Yak pick and roll became a thing, but before that, like every possession that was good probably had the ball in Pascal Siakam's hand for a prolonged period at some point or another. And I just don't think that's going to be the same sort of shape of Pascal's usage this year. That said, I'm with you on the efficiency thing. I think he's going to have a chance to, I mentioned this on the podcast, uh, I think on Thursday uh, last week, you know, kind of digging into why Pascal is very important for this team. And I, I think we could kind of see a bit of a hybrid of the sort of two versions of Pascal we've seen since he kind of became, uh, you know, the guy, I guess, going back to 2019-20, even back to 2018-19, where he was this excellent off-ball guy who used the leverage of other players to just make hell in open space. And I think we, we're we going to see like a return of that to some degree, right? Like I think playing off of Scotty Barnes, if Scotty Barnes can, and we'll talk a lot about Scotty on today's show, of course, but if Scotty can kind of suck in defenders and just sort of make the weak side, the playground within which Pascal Siakam can drive, attack, do his thing, I think we could see a pretty big year for Pascal as well. I thought the assist might be down. That's why I dropped the over-under a little bit, just because he's probably going to have less of the ball in his hands. Um, rebounds even. Jakob Pertl is going to be a, a rebound vacuum, I would assume. So maybe there's a drop there. But I think scoring, he's probably going to go up and or, or stay around where he's been. And if that's the case, then I think he probably comes in just over the 36 as well. So uh, riveting start. We're all in the over. It's very exciting. We're going to come back on the other side and start rattling through these. A little more rapid fire. We've got OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, Jakob Pertl props that we're going to get to and a whole bunch more coming up in just one sec. But first, got to tell you about our good friends over at Game Time who have a wonderful app, honestly. It's a beautiful app if you're trying to buy tickets to, I don't know, NBA games now that they're back on the schedule. Game Time is the place to go. It's super easy to use. It's very user-friendly. And they have the Game Time guarantee, which means you're always going to get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row or less on a different app, Game Time is going to credit you 110% of the difference. So there's no reason to use any other app than Game Time. It is Truthfully, my favorite ticket app right now. I got tickets for a game in Seattle for a Mariners game. And then the next day I got tickets for a Seattle Storm game. It was wonderful. I was literally at the door of the Seattle Storm Arena. Pulled up game time, got tickets for like four bucks. It was incredible. Those last minute flash deals are amazing. And these were good lower bowl seats, like 10th row. It was a wonderful, wonderful deal. All because game time makes it easy. And they take the guesswork out of buying tickets. Download the game time app, create an account, use the code locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code locked on NBA, L O C K E D O N N B A for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
All right, we are back. Got to rattle through the remainder of our over-unders and props here in part one of our seventh annual edition of this here hallowed contest. Uh, by the way, didn't mention this off the top, but you can compete as well and see if you can claim the crown that our pal Jeffrey Richardson claimed last year as the uh, listener champion of the over-unders and props. And Jeffrey beat both, all three of us, by the way, with our totals last year by a mile. We got like 10 points out of 18. He had like 14 and one. Uh, it was very exciting. So Jeffrey is going to a game on me this year. That is the prize. And so uh, keep an eye out. There will be a link to submit your uh, entries over Monday, Tuesday into Wednesday. Tip-off Wednesday will be the cutoff for your over-unders and prop bets for the season. But we'd love to see more turnout than we had last year. We got a ton of people. It was a lot of grading the day I had to take it up on last year. So please uh, keep an eye out, and we will get you into the contest to win a pair of tickets for the 2024-25 season. All right, let's go here now. We'll try to go a little bit quicker here. OG Ananobi, points per game, 18.5 is what I've set the over-under at. He scored 16.8 last year. He was floating around the 18-19 range for much of the year before the Aka Pirtle trade. That, of course, changed the shape of the team big time. Uh, Vivek, I'll go to you first. Over-under 18.5 for OG when it comes to points this year. You are muted, sir. <laughs> there we go. Let's try that again. <laughs> <laughs> This good. is a really interesting one. I, I spent quite a bit of time uh, debating this and thinking about how the team is going to pan out and what, what things are going to look like. And ultimately, I ended up going with the over. Okay. I think I think that you know when you look at the team construct, when you look at the opportunities that are going to come OG's way, um, and you look at the three-point shooting opportunities that this team is just going to need him to take, um, I, I think Darko has really been encouraging the uh, above the break threes for OG, and he's kind of been preaching, you know, hey, you're open, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, and he's really trying to instill that mindset in OG because I think deep down they probably know that they just need it from him that that volume from the outside, and so I think that is going to give him the opportunity to beat that 18.5. I like it, Saul. Over or under 18.5 for OG this year. We're off to a good start because now is where I start to just divert a little bit away from Vivek. And All I'm going to go under. Right. All right. But uh, my under is going to be like, it's going to be close. Like 18.5 yeah. is a really good number to set it at. I'm I probably set the line have him, very like, well here. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think he's going to be at like 18 or 18 points something. Like mm -hmm. just around there, which, hey, I mean, OG, that's still a career high. If he gets 18 points per game, that's a career high for him. Sure. Um, I think last season, uh, or the season before that, sorry, was his career high. I think it was like 17, just over 17. And then it was just... 16.8, uh, yeah. Yeah, and then the season before that, I think was 17. So, um, right, yeah. But he he was a lot more efficient um, in, his la in his last season with the Raptors. So I think he will be a lot more efficient this season, for sure. Um, I think you're going to see similar efficiency numbers to last year. And if you guys remember, OG started the year last year pretty rocky. Um, mm. I mean, a lot of us were kind of worried, and then he went on a tear for a month, a month and a half, brought his numbers back up. But um, I do see a career year out of OG. Of course, um, I mean, we'd be foolish to say he's not going to have an all-NBA defensive level year. Um, I think a lot of that's just going to come to whether or not, you know, the Raptors are a good team or an average team, which we'll see. But, um, yeah, we're talking about points here. I have him just under 18.5. But, hey, if it's over... I'm happy. So it's a win-win. 
that's uh you know with any of these there's uh if you take the under you're it's the happiness hedge baby we love it yeah um exactly. I, I am going to take the under as well it's really close uh again really good line set by the line maker i think for me i just think we might see this be the end of the sort of OG's oh, the self-creation guy idea and i think it's just gonna kind of naturally flow from Pascal and Scotty kind of taking the reins of the team. And I think there's going to be a million wide open threes for OG. There's going to be a million back cuts to the rim or Yaka Pirtle's hitting him or Scotty Barnes is hitting him and he's dunking it. Um, but I, I just don't know if that's going to translate to, uh, you know, production over 18 and a half a game. I, I just, I don't think he's got the creation juice. And I think that's fine. I think letting OG be OG is a perfectly fine thing. Obviously, there's these sort of, um overarching question of does he want more of a role what does it mean for his future if he's not going to have a role um that's sort of befitting of what he wants but i just think for the health of the team i think it's going to be sort of best if he's just like a super duper like 63 64 true shooting guy who puts up a solid 17 or 18 a game and just comes in slightly under 18 and a half i i think i love og this is not me not like an og i just think we're going to see Scotty and Pascal really kind of take the reins of this team based on, um, you know, what we've seen in preseason. I just like it's the talent thing, right? Those are the two guys who I think have the most sort of creation juice on this squad. And I think they are going to kind of lead the way for the most part. All right. Next up on our list of over unders for individual player stats, we got Scotty Barnes assists. I have it set at 6.0. Last year, he was at 4.8. Up from around 3.5 as a rookie. Uh, I will go first on this one. I am hammering the over on this. I think there's <laughs> going to be a whole lot of opportunity for Scotty Barnes to throw very cool passes. I think a lot of it's going to come in transition where he's just going to like kind of walk into four assists, just throwing passes to OG or Gary Trent Jr. or Chris Boucher running to the basket. Um, and I think there's just going to be so much responsibility heaped onto his plate this year. And based on the early returns of the preseason, I feel pretty good about him actually making good on all that responsibility. So I'm taking the over on 6.0, and I feel pretty good about it. Uh, Sahal, where are you going with this one? Um, I'm going to take the over as well. For me, this is okay. another um, pretty simple one. I think it's pretty clear that the Raptors and uh, their head coach, their coaching staff, have made an emphasis to kind of just push Scotty Barnes into that primary playmaker role. We've seen it in preseason. He's having fun passing the ball a lot, um, different angles, different spots on the court. And he's a really talented, honestly, he, with passing almost in basketball, like you have to have some sort of quote unquote God-given talents. Mm -hmm. And Scotty is just like the way he, he can see the entire court at so many different angles is honestly like, it's something that I don't know if you could learn, and, and Scotty has it. So, um, yeah, like I said, he's going to be the primary primary playmaker. I want to make I'm going to make it this really short, and I also want you guys to take back what you said last year about your under that you took on Scotty Barnes' assist per game, which I'm pretty sure what we did an <laughs> over under on, and you guys both took the under. He burned us as a rookie. Let's we, we were, let's all take the over here. I was over as a rookie. <laughs> he didn't do it. I, I think it was like yeah. how many five assist games will he have as a rookie? I think both of like and that. I were super yeah. bullish on that. We got burned. Uh, so course correcting to the course correction, I guess. There we year. go. <laughs> Vivek, what you got? <clears throat> I got the over. Yeah, not, not much else to say. Pretty Beautiful. straightforward. Then we'll so efficiently nice. move along to our next one. Uh, Yakup Purtle is the topic of uh, over under number four, and the uh, the, the prop I've set here is minutes per game at 28 and a half. This would be a career high. For Jakob Pertl, I think it's fair to assume he might flirt with a career high this year, considering 
the fresh paycheck the, the raptors have very clearly you know you can make your points about whether you agree with the trade or not but they've invested in him and of course this team is not exactly chock full of other center options specifically with christian coloco being out i think they have some interesting small ball backup five situations they can roll to which we'll talk about i'm sure at some point but 28 and a half minutes is the over under i've set for yakup hurdle last year he hit 27.2 during his time with the Toronto Raptors down the stretch. Uh, Sahal, I'll go to you on this mm. one first. What you got over under 28 and a half for Jakob Pertl? Oh, man, this is like one of the very few I'm stuck on. And um, <laughs> I know uh, Darko and the entire coaching staff is going to fall in love with Jakob Pertl once they realize how important he is to have on the court for the Raptors. Um we all saw the, his insane plus-minus numbers with the Raptors as soon as he joined um, by the time the season ended. This is hard because, Sean and Vivek, I wrote down under, right? Mm-hmm. But... Ah? Drama? Uh, man. Oh, man. It's so tough because there's not a lot of center options, like you said. But at the same time, I don't know if I see Yakupuro closing games when so many teams in this league go small. So I'm just going to stick with my gut because I know I'm going to feel like an idiot if I don't later on in the season. I'm going to stick to under. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to stick to my gut. I'm going to say under. Okay, Big V, what you got? Over, under? I'm going over. Over! Mm. Okay, lay out your case. Well, uh, I think that Jakob Pertl is clearly the best center on the team. I think that uh, they, to your point, have invested quite a bit of money in him. And mm. I think with the Christian Coloco situation as well, he's just going to be required uh, to be out there on the floor as much as possible. Uh, we'll see where Precious is at health-wise. And so I think, yeah, Jakob is going to get his minutes. And the, the probably the biggest thing uh, that I haven't mentioned yet is the way Darko wants to use him and the fact that mm-hmm. he use him, sees him as such a pivotal part of the offense and being able to operate uh, out of the high post. I think that is going to lend towards him being on the court as much as possible. I like it, uh, but I disagree. I'm going under as well. I think on this one, I'm going under purely because I think space matters. And, mm-hmm. you know, there are going to be a lot of times where Yaka Pirtle's on the floor and it's just cramped. And it's like, oh, God, yeah. like they can't really create any sort of driving lanes. They're, it's just defenses are totally attuned to what they need to do, which is basically just like collapse down into a shell. And it's going to be a challenge for the Raptors. And I also think. The Scotty Barnes at the five thing is going to become a thing this year. Uh, I think we saw it in that preseason game against the Bulls. You put him as a screener and a dive man. That dude can make sweet, sweet basketball magic happen working downhill off of those pocket passes. And I think that's going to be a pretty regularly used look by this Raptors team because I believe that Darko Ryakovich is going to want to put Scotty Barnes into positions where he can affect games really mo- like at his you know kind of peak effectiveness. Great English. Um, and I, I think the scoring at the rim, the passing in the middle of the floor, the different lineups they're going to have to put around Scotty with shooting as well. Like I think we can see bench lineups kind of be built on this whole idea. Some closing lineups as well. We saw him absolutely maul as a center in that Bulls game as well. Am I building an entire over-under bet off of one preseason game a little too much? Maybe, but I've been a believer that Scotty Barnes is best as a five for the last two seasons now, or season plus preseason. And I think we're going to see that look rolled out quite a bit in sort of really unconventional lineups, him and Pascal is sort of the one and five with spacing and, and stuff in between. Um, that's where I'm at with this. Maybe I'm crazy, but I think Jakob Pertl 
we saw him get taken out of games, like you mentioned, yeah. Sahal, down the stretch, late in games last year. He got he got benched, and I think the Raptors have more ways to play without Jakob Pertl this year than they did last year. I think it'll be close. I think he probably is around 27, 28, but I think he yeah. comes in just under 28 and a half. I think, I think Sean, just to add one more thing, because I know we're short on yeah. time, but I think my hope here is that Darko has some Steven Adams PTSD with, with Memphis, with the Memphis <laughs> Grizzlies, where Steven Adams did not see the floor late in games for Memphis. And obviously, mm-hmm. they're not the exact same player, right? Both great interior defenders. Um, but again, Pirtle offers you a lot more in the in the playmaking department and like Vivek said they want to play him in the high post they want Mm -hmm. him to initiate some of the sets so um my whole hope is that Darko looks at this and goes you know what most of the teams in the league are just playing small ball five and we just can't have you out there we need that spacing we need those lanes for Pascal we need those lanes for Scotty who they probably want to go downhill a lot more and maybe if the three's not there for Scotty they just say you know what just make the the mid-range and the inside your home and just stay away Mm -hmm. from that become the most efficient player possible but I don't know if he can do that if Yaka Pirtle's in there clogging the paint um for 30 minutes a game so yeah i think i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna stick i'm gonna stick under oh, you, you weren't able to change it anyway it's locked in stone the second yeah you oh, okay, uh, <laughs> okay. Right. can i can i go back now <laughs> let's uh very quickly gary trent jr games started i have set the over under at 40.5 he started 44 games last season he had stretches coming off the bench he had stretches injured as well um, obviously it doesn't seem like he's going to come into the year as a starter. I'm of the mind that the Raptors will be at their best if he is starting. Uh, Vivek, where are you at on games started by Gary Trent Jr. over under 40.5? I'm taking the under, I think. Yeah. Uh, in the words of Gary, the writing's on the wall. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Darko just likes uh, Dennis to be in that starting lineup, and I think uh, that doesn't mean that there won't be, you know, quick, changes you know maybe five minutes in you you get a uh change and he comes in and you make uh your rotations from there but uh, i do think that gary's going to be coming off the bench i do think he's going to embrace coming off the bench and i do think mm-hmm. he's going to be very effective off the bench yeah i'm with you there on like the, your logic i also am going the other way i think between injuries like i think he'll be the first guy in in most situations where there's an injury i think uh also just the effectiveness thing <sighs> I got some concerns about the Dennis Schroeder lineup in terms of how it's going to run offense, man. I don't think teams care about Schroeder as a shooter. Um, it's fun to say really fast. Uh, he doesn't have a pull-up threat whatsoever. His career, he is a under two attempts a game guy, around 28% as a pull-up three-point shooter. And that's going to matter. And I think we're going to see, you know, again, I keep going back to the, the half-court offense in that Bulls game, a 71.4 offensive rating in that game for the half-court offense. It's going to be a struggle for this team all season long. And while the defensive upside of that Schroeder lineup is really exciting, uh, I think the sort of trade-off of getting some shooting and offense to complement Scotty Barnes in there, uh, which I think really everything that I'm talking about today is infused with the idea of them maximizing Scotty Barnes. Jakob Hurdle not playing all of the minutes, for example, at center. Um, you know, and, and this idea as well, too. Gary Trent Jr. and Scotty Barnes, a killer tandem. And I think we'll see at some point a realization that the lineup where maybe Pascal is maybe your more nominal point guard than Dennis Schroeder, um, you throw in Scotty and uh, he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot too. Trent, OG, Yak. I think that is going to end up being a lineup they go to quite a bit. And I think at some point between the starters changing at some point maybe and injury replacement, I think we get to over 40.5 starts for Gary Trent Jr. Maybe that's ambitious, but that's where I'm at. Sahal, what you got over under 40.5 starts for Gary Trent? I'm going to keep this one super short. Um, I'm going to say under 
Okay. Um, I'm at the same same reasoning uh, as Vivek. I think he's going to be extremely, extremely effective and a lot more efficient um, coming off the bench. Uh, I mean, he will have his opportunity to play with starters. He will have his opportunity to get as many shots up as, as he wants, which if we've seen even a minute of Gary Trent Jr.'s career, we know that he loves to shoot the ball. So um, I'm going to go under pretty confidently under 40 and a half uh, games he starts this season all right it'll be an interesting one to watch we'll come back <laughs> on the other side get to our final four player props and over unders here on part one of this grand and evil tradition we'll do that in just one second but first gotta tell you about our good friends over at better help this show is sponsored by better help and, and look therapy is a useful tool for all sorts of people whether you're going through big life stuff whether you're going through just kind of figuring out what you want to do with the next decision you have to make maybe your relationship needs some tlc or maybe you have some more severe trauma you're trying to process therapy can be a way to do that it's a lovely thing because it allows you to just talk about yourself to someone who is there to listen there's no ulterior motives there's no agenda you are just there to help and offer they're there to help and offer advice based on what you value what you're all about and they can help you sort through tough decisions and make the decisions that align with your values, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched up with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnMBA today to get $10 off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNBA. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we continue on here. Vivek Jacobs, Sahal Abdi, rounding out our uh look at our, our first nine over unders and props for these upcoming toronto raptors season the next one we got on the list here more total minutes played precious achua or jalen mcdaniels i will go first here i am gonna go with jalen mcdaniels i on thursday's episode when i was kind of ranking the roster in terms of importance i found myself looking at jalen mcdaniels and thinking i think this dude's gonna play i think this dude's gonna play a lot it's because he can fit into basically any style of lineup this team is going to run. Obviously, it's dependent on him shooting threes, but I also think that kind of applies to Precious Achua in some way, and I trust Jalen McDaniel's three-point stroke more than I trust Precious Achua's. Um, I think both these guys have a chance of being, you know, the seventh, eighth men on this team if everything breaks right, but I'm going to go Jalen McDaniel's by a hair for the most minutes between the two. And Sahal, where are you at with this? <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Sean. I'm going to go Jalen McDaniel's as well. I think... Um... It's a little unfortunate for Precious that I, I feel like at least this might be the year where, I mean, this is the year where you go, okay, Precious, like this is your chance to take that jump. And whatever role we give you, this is your chance to really just take that jump and prove that maybe you're more than an eighth, ninth guy in the league, mm. tenth guy in the league on maybe a, a championship team. So we'll see. I mean, I know Precious, of course, like any other NBA players walking into, into this year, like he wants to have a massive year for the Raptors and he wants to prove that, Maybe he can shoot the three ball a lot better and a lot more consistently, uh, which will help the Toronto Raptors. But again, like you said, Jalen McDaniels, is a, he's, he's like a Swiss Army knife. He can do everything. Um, the Raptors can rely on him for almost everything. And I think he's proved that a little bit in preseason. We've seen flashes of just about everything from Jalen. 
Um, and I think Darko's going to look at him and go, he has to give me a reason for me not to put him in the game. And Jalen McDaniels is the type of player who doesn't make many mistakes. He just mm-hmm. give him a role, does it. So mm-hmm. um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Jalen as well um, confidently with this one. Big V, what you got? I'm going to go with Precious. All uh, right. I, I think Man, there is some divergence going on here. This is going to be fascinating. how it should be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sadly, I don't feel too optimistic about Christian Coloco's situation and right. the way that it has dragged out. And so I just think there's an, a, a clearer path to Precious getting minutes. Uh, and so I think he's going to be relied on. And, and Darko has also spoken about Precious in a similar way in terms of wanting to uh, explore precious in the high post and see what he can do in those areas of the floor so i think um his avenue to playing time is a bit more uh direct than mcdaniel's and so i will roll with that i like it i mean i asked the question for a reason i think it's a fascinating toss-up we'll come uh we'll move on now to our next one dennis schroeder three-point attempts per game last year 3.4 his high watermark was in okc 2019-20 i think this season everybody's hoping he can kind of recapture um, you know, very different team circumstances, obviously, but he averaged five threes a game that season. Uh, I will go with Yusuf Hall first. What you got on three-point attempts for Dennis Schroeder? I think it's I, – I'm taking the over for this one. I think he's okay. almost going to be forced to shoot the ball. Um, even if he doesn't want to, he's going to be forced to shoot it maybe a little more than than he has to. Again, his numbers don't look great in terms of efficiency beyond the three-point line um, in all the different play types, the catch and shoot, all that good stuff. But um, – I mean, the ball's going to get swung around a lot in this offense, and uh, guys are going to find themselves open. And um, for Dennis, I believe, like for the Raptors to have or to achieve, maybe. Um, sorry, the uh, screen. He's back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my okay. thing just showed that little loading sign for a second oh, for all of us, gotcha. and then came back. Okay. Um, but yeah, if you missed those last words, um, Dennis is at least going to have to be a threat to shoot the ball um, this season. I think you're going to see closer to those OKC numbers for him. So I'm going to say over for him. All right, Vivek, what you got? Yeah, I'm thinking along the same lines. I think he's just going to need to shoot the ball. And I think when you look at the fact that the two times he was above that uh, four mark in terms of three-point attempts, it was in OKC with a certain guy who was with him in OKC, who is now the head coach. (laughs) So uh, I think uh, he is looking good to get uh, over four attempts a game. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to make a high degree of them but I <laughs> yeah <hope so. laughs> yeah i'm gonna go a slight under on this one just because i think the reason he took so many threes on those ikc teams was he didn't have the ball in his hands very much it was a lot of chris paul a lot of shea with the ball in their hands and he was thrust into catch and shoot and i think that will be the case here with pascal and scotty creating but we have seen so far a lot of Dennis trying to create stuff. I think we'll see a lot of Dennis trying to break dudes down off the bounce. I think that's where he can kind of offer his most utility to the starting lineup, honestly. Um, and I think that, you know, man, this is a really good line, Sean. Um, I, I'm going to take... Mm, is it locked in, though, Sean? Are, that's the question. I've you said it. I've said it. Said it's, under, under. it's under, whatever. I think it's going to be very close. Um, Hold him to it. it. I feel like, <laughs> you know, 60% confident in taking the under, even though now I'm kind of regretting it. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's move on to the next one, shall we? Grady Dick. Uh, total three-point field goals made. I've set the over-under at 85.5. Some of my reasoning for this, I look back a couple of these sort of more shooting-heavy dudes 
out of last year's draft in AJ Griffin and Ochai Abaji. And both guys were kind of around the hundred range in terms of three pointers made. Um, Grady Dick, you know, we heard comments on Thursday about, oh, it's going to be a slow process and then it's going to take some time. And he's getting used to the speed of the game from Darko Ryakovich. Um, I feel pretty bullish on Grady Dick finding his way into this rotation at some point. But Vivek, where are you at uh, as far as total three-pointers made? 85.5 is where I have it for the rookie. Yeah, I mean, that is that is uh, an interesting number that you've set up. I am going to take a, a slight under. Okay. I think he's going to have a good season, but I, I do think he's going to end up under uh, that mark. I think there's going to be a lot of learning. Um, and it's probably... Like, I could see him having a lot of learning this year and then literally hitting like, you know, 153s next year, you know? Right. Something yeah. Like that. that makes sense. Um, I am going to take a slight over. Uh, I just think the shooting is going to demand that he gets into the rotation at some point. This team doesn't have a lot of it. He is going to be someone who pairs well with Scotty Barnes. He's going to be somebody who can actually kind of give defenses thought about, Oh, we might have to guard this guy. And that is going to be something this team, badly needs so I, I think just like by necessity he doesn't have to be in the rotation from day one to hit just over one three a game with the type of release he's got um and teams are, i think are eventually you know they're gonna let him shoot probably because he's like the least of all the bad options on the floor to allow to shoot but i think if that happens they're gonna start falling so i'm gonna take a slight over um, i think that aj griffin number from last year about 100 um and, and Agbaji, i think at like 90 95 i think those are pretty good comps and so i'd say he probably comes in around 90 but it's a uh, uh, it's going to come down to the wire, I think, for sure, with Grady Dick. Let's just hope for like one like 8-3 game that we can all get thrilled about and uh, boost up my score. Sahal, where are you going? Over under 85 and a half threes for Grady. You used Agbaji and um, what's his name? Something AJ Griffin. Griffin. AJ yeah. Griffin. I was going to say Aaron Griffin. Hmm. Uh, AJ Griffin for your um, two comparisons. I I went back and I used OG Ananobi in his rookie year because I thought okay. back and I thought, um, who was the guy for the Raptors that came in as a rookie? Um, you know, similar kind of draft area. I know OG, I think was 21 or something like that. 23. 23. Grady yeah. was what, 13? Yeah. What was Grady? 13. Yeah. Um, so not too far away. Um, but again, in terms of what they were asked to do in the rookie years, Gary, um, sorry, Grady's not going to be asked to to put the ball on the floor and do a whole bunch of things. He's going to be asked to spread the floor and, 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 you know, shoot the ball really well. So, I mean, his role this year is going to be very, very, um, you know, specified and, um, I think even if, like you said, Sean, he starts off slow in terms of the minutes per game he gets, I see him finishing the year right around maybe 17 to 20 minutes a game. Um, I think the Raptors almost have to play him that much as a rookie just so you can see what you have because that first year is just as important as any. So I'm going to take the over as well. Um, I think he's going to be closer to maybe 90 um, in his rookie year. So just like you said, slight over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like lottery picks play. <laughs> like, it, yeah, you know, I think we're used to like, oh, Pascal Siakam, twenty seventh pick, it's going to take some time. Norm Powell, forty sixth pick, going to take some time. Fred Van Vliet, undrafted. Like, lottery picks play in a lot of cases, and on teams where those lottery picks were very seemingly drafted directly to address the biggest exactly. weakness on the roster, I think yeah. he's going to play. It might not happen in week one of the season but I think he's going to find his way in there. I think he's a smart enough defender. Um, even if he's going to get maybe beat up one-on-one, -on -one, I think he's a smart enough team defender. He does enough things away from the ball um, on both ends of the floor that I think he's going to find his way in there and he's going to start bombing some triples 
as a result. Um, glad to see I have someone on the over. This team still Let's likes go. shooting too, Sean. Like this, they don't have any still... shooting. They need yeah, shooting so, so bad. Like bad. it's crazy. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, last one here for today. Scotty Barnes, true shooting percentage. I have said this very directly at 55.2%, which was the true shooting percentage he posted as a rookie. Last year, it dropped down to 52.4%. We've documented on this very podcast the notable dips from basically every area of the floor. The mid-range fell off a cliff. The three-pointer's not there. The rim even dropped off a little bit, even if he's still above average at the rim. Uh, So I will go first on this. I'm confidently taking the over on this one because I think Scotty Barnes is going to be put in a position to score around the rim a whole lot this season. And I think that's going to really translate into an uptick in his true shooting. I think the conditioning stuff matters a lot here. He's going to have the legs. The conditioning seems from all accounts to be way beyond where it was last season. Uh, And I think in transition, he's just going to absolutely munch and going to put up crazy percentages in those situations. So I'm taking the over here. I would not be surprised if he flirts with like league average, you know, 57, 58, um, and really kind of cements himself as a more efficient basketball player than he was as a second year player. Maybe I'm too bullish. I think I'm drinking the Scotty Kool-Aid though. And I'm feeling pretty good about how things are going to go this season based on his preseason work so far. Um, Vivek, where are you going with this one? Are you going over or under 55.2% true shooting for Scotty Barnes? Yeah, I saw the 55.2 and I was like, that's a very specific number. So then I went back and checked and I was like, oh, that makes sense now. Uh, and yeah, and, and I think that's as simply as you can put it. Uh, I would be disappointed if he finished with um, a true shooting percentage below his rookie year, I think. Sure. Um, I think he's going to take a lot from, uh, you know, what he kind of had to deal with last season and the lessons he had to learn. And I think uh, he's going to have a really good year. So I am taking the over. Sweet. And Sahal, where are you going with this one? Year three is a really, really important year for a guy who won rookie of the year just a couple of years ago. I know it feels like a a few weeks ago, but Scotty Barnes is now entering year three. And I think uh, for all the reasons that you two gave, I'm going to go over as well. Um, Very simple. League true shooting percentage uh, had an average, um, I believe, a couple of years ago. Uh, power forward 57.7%, center 61.3%. It's really just going to be about where Scotty finds himself on the floor and where he can operate from. I also think this coaching staff is going to go, you know what, Scotty, if your shot just isn't falling from beyond the arc uh, throughout the season, maybe we're just going to put you in places where we know you can score the ball efficiently. I think that's what any um, coaching staff that really wants to see improvement in their year three guy uh, would do. And and um, maybe that lo- makes people look at Scotty and go, you know what? this might be the guy that we do build around because I know there are some people who are thinking otherwise um, in different pockets of uh, the fan base and even in the media. So um, we'll see. Um, I'm going to go over and again, it'd be a a huge, huge disappointment. I think almost a disaster um, if he went under his rookie mark of 55%. So um, we'll see. Hopefully he's in better spots uh, this coming year. Yeah, and I think part of this is me thinking that they're not going to have him play as like a pure point guard. I think that would have a pretty bad effect on his overall efficiency. And so um, it seems like they're going to use him in a bunch of different ways, ways that are going to be more conducive to the things he does well. I think he's going to have a very nice, efficient season. Okay, uh, we're going to round it out for here. We got part two coming up tomorrow, and uh, we're very excited. We got more team-based ones that we'll dig into coming up 
in the later episode you'll hear on the feed today. Uh, thanks, Vivek. Thanks, Sahal. We'll get you plug stuff later. We've gone way too long here. We're going to wrap up part number one. We'll be back part number two a little bit later on. Thanks for hanging. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.